This is CliffCentral.com. Well, hello, hello, hello. Of course, you know when you are hearing those lovely Tibetan singing bowls that you are listening to Beyond Ears and Eyes here on Cliff Central. I'm Liesl Tom, with me in studio, our controller, Palesa Mabuye. And unfortunately, Shemaine is not able to join us today. Shemaine, when you listen to this, I miss you. She's at a workshop and she couldn't get out of it. And we're definitely going to miss her input. Now, also with me in studio is a lady who calls herself a soul whisperer. Vanessa Awaken, welcome. And tell me, what is a soul whisperer? Hi there. Hi, Lisa. Was I a bit quick on you then? You were. (laughs) (laughs) You took me a bit by surprise. (laughs) Um, A soul whisperer is, I I do so much, and I think there's nothing on the market, if you like, that describes exactly what I do. Mm. So I listen to what people aren't telling me. I listen to their souls. I listen to... The words in between the words Mm. And I give it back to people And I allow them to then Understand their lives more Better More fully Are you in other words psychic? Um, Yes I probably am psychic Um, But it's a horrible word It's obviously not a word that you Think of yourself quite often No I'm not like a psychic You know it's not like that I'm, I'm actually um, I'm very tuned in. Mm-hmm. I can feel and hear and see. I can um, understand you on a very deep level. Um, I'm clear audience, which is part of the psychic ability, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So when you speak to me, that's when I actually can hear what you're not saying to me and oh. what your soul is saying to you, to oh. me. It's like, it's, it's, like a, it's like a horse whisperer. But with souls, almost listening with the. If we had a, you know, we we have a third eye. Yeah. If, if we had a third and a fourth ear, almost listening with those right. those kinds yeah, of ears. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there are all sorts of vibrations that go on around a person. There are all sorts of things that they know about, but they can't put into words that they're conscious of. And all I do for them is I actually just put it into words for them, so mm. that they understand their lives better. You know, and then offer them solutions, whatever solutions I can, I have available. And do you work with with angels, with guides? Uh, yes, I do. I work, I work with angels. I see angels. So when I see angels, I can, I actually tell people that I can see them. And then, often what happens is I, I call myself a spontaneous channel, which means that anything that's available in a. a, a that is there for people to hear, I can tell them. And it happens spontaneously. I don't ask for it. I don't question it. It just flows out of me. And often that's the most valuable for people. And I don't know what I say. And I cannot repeat myself. People, I say to people, take a notebook, take notes, because I cannot repeat myself. Mm. And when you talk about angels, yes, angels do come through as well. Now, have you always been able to do this? Yeah, I have for a very, very long time. Um, 
I've been naturally like this, psychic if you like, um, since I was since I was conscious, since I was about three years old. And um, I was seeing auras and communicating with animals and being able to tell when it was going to rain. I lived in the bush when I was very young in mm. my childhood. And we're talking about real bush with elephants and lions and really and baboons and snakes and all sorts of things. And I used to go out into the into the bush and commune with nature and that's where the shamanic principles come from as well is because I had that innate ability to just appreciate nature and communicate with nature and commune with nature. Mm. If I wanted to see where the elephants were, I'd go and I'd knew exactly where they were. I'd go and I'd see them. I was taught by my mother up until high school, so um, uh, we did distance learning and so I was free after 12 o'clock in the, in, the, in the day, had some lunch and off I went. And I'd be able to feed myself and knew where the water was. And, you know, I was in Zimbabwe and most of the rivers there were riddled with Bohazia. Even in those days they were. But I knew where the good water sources were. It was just like a little, probably like a little bushman. Mm, <laughs> you mm. know, just being able to... to um, Sense where everything was because that's what shamans do. They're so in touch with the with their physical, natural world that um, it's easy. Mm. It's easy to do this sort of thing, you know. Now you are trained as a Hawaiian shaman, yeah. But when you were growing up, this word shaman, shaman. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. It's pronounced either way. Yeah. Was that ever within? Did you did you know that that was what you were, or did it only happen later? No, I I didn't know it. I didn't. I wasn't aware of it at all. I was, I was very, I was very kind of in my own world, um, and there was no word for it. It was just uh, my mother called me a dreamer, and maybe that's what I was, you know, for a very very long time, until. Until I started becoming conscious of actually what I was doing. Because I could see aura and didn't know that I could see it. I thought everybody could see. How did you become conscious that f- well, you can do it yeah. and other people can't? It, it was a slow thing for me. It was like I'd be sitting with somebody and I'd say, I can see something. I can uh, just hang on. And I'd, and that's what I say. And then I just start to talk. And people say, you know what you've just done? You've just channeled something. Oh, I'd say, you know, and then I realized that this is what I could do. And, of course, that was the owning part of it, to start owning your your gifts mm, and your talents, mm, which mm. is exactly what I've done along the years, you know. What often happens to people who are gifted this way is that there's a almost a rejection, a denial of this gift. Was that the case for you? No, not at all. Not at all. And I have no idea why, because I come across that a lot in my work, is that people are highly, highly psychic and and um, clairvoyant, um, intuitive, and they're scared of it. And I teach people how to use their psychic ability and how to become more intuitive. And they come to me because they want to learn how to use it. They want to learn what it's about and whether it's okay. Mm. And um, 
and that's that's where that's that's where I'm at right now is actually saying to people, you know, teaching people that it's actually okay. It's okay to be intuitive. It's okay to have a hunch. Most successful businessmen go by their hunches. But we are told, we are trained as it were to think that those that that silent voice here at the back of our head is nonsense. It it it's just a flight of fantasy. And bringing that, taking that conditioning away must be quite yeah. a big part of your job, isn't it? Is. It? it is, definitely. I've got a Hawaiian technique that I use and um, it puts pay to all of that. <laughs> so this this Hawaiian shamanism, yeah. it's called Huna. Huna. Tell me it's more. It's called Huna. And how <laughs> on earth did you get onto this? It was the most incredible thing. I, About 20 years ago, I was given a book by an acquaintance. And this woman said to me, just read this book. And it was The Science Behind the Miracles. It's a very well-known book. Okay. By, I can never remember his name, Longfellow or Long something or another. I can't remember now. Anyway. And it was found out to be complete a complete load of rubbish that he had um, gone to Hawaii and just exaggerated absolutely everything um, in the book. But what it started with me was a feeling of it's almost like this is where my next step is. This is what I should start investigating. And there's nobody teaching Huna in this country, really, in the real, the true sense. Because, unfortunately, what's happened, especially in America, is that they've taken it and they've westernized it. And it's become so diluted and so contaminated that if you were to look it up on the net, you would never, ever know the true stuff, the, 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 true, the true tradition, if you like. Mm. Um, so I read a few, I read a few books. There was no, in the time, at that time, there was no internet. And I studied, I, I practiced what I knew. I practiced what I'd heard about, um, and practiced it all the time as far as I could. When you say you practiced it or practice it, yeah. are you talking about ritual? Or? No, no, it's not, it's not so much ritual as understanding and, and, um, it's a tradition. So it's a tradition of um, of the of the adventurous shaman, and the adventurous shaman is the one that um, lives a life of embracing everything that happens, and takes on the best of it and lets the rest go. Um, it's a tradition of being connected with with everything around you, on all levels, and including the spiritual levels. Um, it's a tradition of knowing that there are more than three dimensions and knowing that there are things that are beyond this three-dimensional five senses reality that that uh, we think exists, which actually doesn't, but that's another story. And, um, and honoring. So, so when you say... It's an adventurous tradition. It makes it sound like fun because my perception of shamans or spiritual teachers is that they can be 
very serious and you have to listen to them and you have to do what they say. Whereas mm-hmm. when you say adventurous, it sounds like fun. It sounds it like is. something that inspires people and, and would want, ins- inspire them to such an extent that they would want to follow in, uh, you know, the yes, tradition. Yes, it's a very simple tradition. So, um, it, it deals, and then I say it's, it, it's very quantum physical, which doesn't sound simple at all, but it's, it's very much, um, breaking the bounds of reality, breaking the bounds of time, breaking the bounds of, um, the things that we, we are, we are stuck in by, Changing your mind and what, what the philosophy is that you can change your reality with the power of your mind. And that is exactly what the Hunas do. The Kahuna, who are the people who practice Huna. Um, the Kahuna are the holders of the secret and they are the ones that, um, they are the shamans. But Vanessa, if you say you can change your reality by changing your mind. With the power of your mind. Okay, with the power of your mind. How come we still then have people who are suffering or who who are struggling to manifest what they would like to see manifested? I think I just wish that the Hawaiian traditions were more widespread because if they were, you wouldn't have half of what you have now in this world because when you when you practice Hawaiian um, the Hawaiian traditions, when you follow them, you are more far more fluid, and you are less c- um, constrained by your conditioning, because you can actually see it and understand that it's conditioning, and that your reality is is not is not what you believe it to be. You can change your reality with the power of your mind. And how you change your mind, you change with the power of your mind, is that you understand with your mind what what are the components of what are your problems. So you understand and then you can change your mind about your problems, you can change your attitude, you can change your belief systems and you can see your conditioning playing out. And as soon as you can identify your conditioning and your programming, You've got power over your reality. But that's far, far, far easier said than done. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's absolutely the easiest thing in the world. You know, it's... And that is what, that is, that is, that is the magic of Huna, is it's the easiest thing in the world. You see, just by you saying this to me, I can hear your conditioning playing out. Okay, so how would you (laughs) then change this conditioning? Because the reason I think it is difficult to let's say um, to change your your belief system about another person let's say i am angry at someone and i need to forgive them it's a lot easier to know that i need to forgive them it's a lot easier to think i need to forgive them but letting go that act is not so easy and it might be easy for you because mm-hmm. you know the secret. But, you know, for us, people like me who don't know, who still have to learn these lessons, what would you say to me? How do you let this conditioning go? If you were sitting in front of me 
Which I am. Yes. So say now, now, this is a consultation, all right? Mm -hmm. And you say to me, what a, what a, what a, he's a this and I don't like him and he did this to me and I'm angry. Mm. The first thing that we do is, uh, in the Huna tradition, is we we feel the feelings that we're feeling. Mm -hmm. So the feelings are anger, okay? Anger overlays fear. So I will say to you, what are you scared of? He's going to take my job. He's going to make me feel like a fool. He's going to undermine me in some way. Mm -hmm. So is that your, his issue or your issue? So it's your issue. Mm. And because it's your issue, you can change it. And that's where the changing of the mind comes in. Because the conditioning is that if I, if I hate somebody and I say something horrible about somebody and, and, and they're, they're an issue for me, I've got to forgive because that's how I let go. It's not doesn't work like that how it works is that you understand your feelings and change your feelings forgiveness is a byproduct mm. of understanding mm. Mm. and then you can go through the process of saying i forgive you but then it's easy mm. and that's why people say but it's so difficult because you haven't gone through the first step and the first step is to understand yourself first well and and to Allow that emotion to be felt because especially with the, you know, we, we, we tend to see emotions as either positive or negative and especially the ones we've, we've labeled negatives, the anger, the fear, the guilt, the shames. We don't want to feel them. We push them aside and then they froth, they fester. But why do you feel them? That's part of the programming. Mm, Why mm. do you feel them? Who's told you that it's bad mm. not to have a job? Society. Who's told you it's bad to follow your dreams and not to work in a huge corporation? Who's mm. told you that? Mm. So you're running around with somebody else's words in your head that's becoming your reality. If you go back to your fears, what's the fear? The fear is that he will take away my job. What is, what's that all about? There's enough for everybody. Mm. He's going to undermine me by saying X, Y, and Z. Why is he going to, why would it undermine you? What is that, what is that that you're holding that he can undermine? Mm. Where does this human conditioning come from? Where did it start? Who's the asshole who came up with this? Well, we don't know in the beginning, but. <laughs> But, you I mean, know. it is so entrenched. It's it is entrenched. But our you know, society, that is yeah. what, 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 what we believe. But we believe it because we have accepted it as a norm. And we're born into a family that have that conditioning, who condition, we condition our children. Mm. And mm. we are conditioned by our, our parents or by an authority figure. That says X, Y, and Z, you've got to get married, you've got to have a good job. You've got to, and it doesn't mean you don't have to have a good job. But it's not a sin to follow your dreams because mm. that's the, the flip side of it is that if you don't have a good job, then you're a dreamer. Then you, you, you're following your dreams. Then you're never going to amount to anything. But the fact of the matter is if you don't follow your dreams, if you only chase corporate culture for money, you become Desperately unhappy yeah. Because money doesn't make you happy No, it doesn't But there are so many people who chase money Who work for money That's right They're, You know, we're the only species on the planet That pay rent to live here mm. Why do we Why must it be this way? And that's where the beginning of my teaching starts So why must it be this way? Mm. Why can't we change it? 
But Vanessa, we are living in this society. We are living with 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 these frameworks of banks and homes, and you know, if 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 you live in the bush, it might be idyllic for a day or two, but you know, we are we are conditioned to like these creature comforts. Yes, but it's not it's not about throwing the creature comforts out the window. It's about balance. So it's about being balanced about what you're doing, not to pay rent so you, you're earning a salary <coughs> to to pay the bills. That's all you're doing. Mm. That's a, a life completely out of balance. I'm not saying throw the balance out the window. I'm saying get the balance back. So the balance back is, is being able to be um, – more spiritual, being able to be more connected with your la- with your with your world, and to follow your dreams to some extent. You don't have to follow your dreams completely. If the balance is there for you to follow your dreams completely, and you can do it, that's great. But there are a lot of people who, on the weekends, fly, for instance, mm. and that's one mm. of their dreams. But they're they're running a corporation during the week. But when you get to the point where your life is out of balance, then that is. The, the reason is, is because your, condition is, uh, your conditioning has taken over. Mm-hmm. And, and more and more people are waking up that's to right. this reality. Now, when do you think enough people will cotton on so that the system will change? I mean, we thought with, with the 2012, 2012 Mayan yeah. calendar um, that there would be a definite change. It didn't happen. When do you think we'll reach that critical mass? Um, how long is a piece of string? Um, you you never know. But mm. the the object I would the object of the exercise for me is to have as much influence in my circle of influence as I can. Mm. My my whole object of the exercise of me being here is to serve, and we are here to serve each other. That's what we're here to do. Mm. And if you can serve somebody just by saying something, just by something profound or not even profound, just helpful. If you can serve, if you can serve somebody, touch somebody's life, one person each day, you're doing God's work. Mm. And if you're doing God's work, and I'm not a religionist at all, but if you're doing if you're doing that work, that's part of the balance coming back into your life. And as you do that work, it reverberates and ripples out to other people as well. And that's the only way to do it. You can't evangelize. You can't stand on a mountaintop. You know, unfortunately, it's not that way anymore. Mm. You know, you can't get onto the Internet. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's through personal contact and personal input with another person who does it with another person. And that's how it works. Mm. And that's how the change is going to come. That's what I believe. You know, and that's why I'm here is for to 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 affect that change, and I'm not I'm not here to create revolutions. I'm here to show people how to get their balance back. Mm-hmm. You see, this Huna tradition. Mm. How long did it take you to study it? Did you go to Hawaii? Tell me yes, about I your did. training. I, what What actually happened was after the after. After searching for somebody, and again, I was sitting with a friend, another friend. I just want to ask, and I want to interrupt you, mm. because you said you spoke about this book, and now you're going to another coincidence. What are your thoughts on coincidences? Well, it's obviously what I should, uh, you know, I mean, for me, there's no coincidence, of course. I mean, you, 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 you put it out there, whatever, the thought, the feeling, mm. the intent, whatever it is. You put it out there, and... The universe contrives to make it come, mm. come right, come mm. to fruition. 
So, yes, I was sitting at dinner with a friend and I was talking about Huna, who he was very interested in it, but he didn't know much about it. But he had read the book. This um, book that's like nonsense. No, this is now another oh, book. A, a, a proper real mm, book about that's it. That's right. Okay. Um, and this, this, this book was The Urban Shaman by Serge Kahili King. And <laughs> he said, read this book. And I read the book, and I can't tell you, it just turned my life upside down. I thought, this is the Huna that I know. This is the Huna that I want to study. And I studied the book. I studied for about, oh, about 10 years. And, and then I decided, because there's nobody around who could teach me anything, decided to go and study with Serge. So I went to Hawaii. And, and I have never looked back. It was it was the most incredible experience because you're studying under the shaman. You're getting it from the horse's mouth. And he's you know, he talks about the stuff on the internet and he says don't just ignore it. You've got to study under the shamans themselves. And is there an initiation of sorts or a transference of some energy. I, I mean, I know when yeah. when when you study Reiki, your Reiki master tells you know. Yes, no, there's nothing. There's there's no there's no there's no what's it called tuning with Reiki. What is it? Anyway, whatever it is. Um, what I loved about Serge is that he's he's he is so he's so typically a shaman. You know, there's no nonsense now. There's no, we're not going to jump around and dance around fires. And isn't that what shamans do? That's what some of them do, okay. I mean, the but American that's Indians. that's stereotype. Yeah, the American know. Indians are true, for real. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they actually mm-hmm. do, okay. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, um, you see, the Huna tradition is so, so simple. It really is. It's, it's, it's a mindset and you accept what they, uh, you accept the tradition. You accept what they teach you. And that's what he says. He says, there are no, no rituals. There's no rituals here. You've just got to get it. You've got to get it in your mind. You've got to accept it. You've got to understand that there's no reality for one thing. There's no time for another. And that blows people's minds and they say, well, huh, actually, I'm not interested. <laughs> My conditioning's playing in, but I'm not interested. And, but, you know, if you're prepared to sit and you're prepared to accept it and soak it up like a sponge, it changes your life because it is so simple. You said earlier that mm. we think this reality exists. What do you mean by that? When you say you have to accept that there is no time, there is no reality, what do you mean? <laughs> We're sitting here. It's If I pinch you, you're going to feel it. You think you are. You think you're going to feel me pinching me? No, no, I know you're going to feel me pinch you. Because I'm, I'm, I'm locked into your reality. Okay. So say reality. Are you now coming from the, the, the philosophical school of thought that if I don't look at you and I don't think of you, you don't exist? No, 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 no. I I, I don't get that. (laughs) No. You know, the Huna are, um, born quantum physicists. Mm -hmm. All right. They, the, the tradition, they don't know how old the tradition is. It's been going, they say it's going to be going for about 35,000 years. So we're talking prior, any of our civilization, you know, um, prior Atlantis, prior any of those other civilizations as well. And what they, so they've practiced quantum physics for many centuries. Now, quantum physics is the, 
is the study of quanta. How much? All right. How much? How much is this made of? How much is here? That's the study of quanta. We're all made up of subatomic particles, of photons, which move around and vibrate at a certain rate, which is what makes us solid or makes the air where it is, and, and we can go deeper and deeper, but let's just leave it like that. All right. So, and this is what the, the Huna believe as well, that I, if I vibrate at a certain rate, I can put my hand through a wall. Therefore, does it exist or not? It only exists because I say it exists. It only exists because I am seeing it as existing. But if I vibrate, if I change my mind and vibrate at a certain rate, that my hand can go through that wall. And can you do that? No. I haven't been able to do that. I'm so glad you're saying no because it makes me feel really <laughs> inferior if people say you can do these things and then I think. But people but can, you know, there are people so you who are, can. you are still training to do this. Yes, absolutely. It's an ongoing process. Mm. You know, it's, and there's a whole movement now that says, you know, we're on the road to ascension, which is true. Now, ascension is, is actually the, um, becoming your light body and, your, then your physical, your physical body itself will dematerialize. Mm -hmm. It doesn't disintegrate. It just dematerializes because everything vibrates at a certain rate. But would we then still need to be on planet Earth? No. We then, it then goes through to another, another reality, if you like, another Earth. They talk about another world, another, another experience. But I mean, it's beyond what we can conceive. Vanessa, I've just had a thought, and I hope I'm not coming across as being too facetious here. But, you know, I really hope that we get to that point before we completely destroy this planet. Otherwise, we are going to Kill ourselves, our physical bodies, and then, you know, who knows wh where we're going to end up. Do you Look, think it's possible? There are going to be people who will do it, and in fact, there have been already quite a few people who have dematerialized in an instant because their light bodies have become so, so vibrant. So their energy fields have become so uh, high frequency. But they don't need their li they don't need their bodies any longer. When you talk about a light body, are you talking about the aura? Or no, we are light bodies. We are we are light. We are mm -hmm. pure light, dusted with form. That's what we are. Mm -hmm. So we allow the pure light to take over. We allow it to rise to such an extent that we no longer need this body because we've only housed ourselves in these bodies for these earthly experiences. That's all we've done. Once we complete with our earthly experience and we've, and our, our light body is then vibrating at the rate that will allow us to transcend, that's mm. what happens. And we're all on the, uh, we're all on the, on the road to ascension. Ascension and transcendence is the same thing. And we're all on the road to this. But, so we, we, we skip the life death cycle. That's the ideal. Mm, mm. And the Huna talk about it a lot. Skipping, not skipping the life death cycle, but the fact that there are different vibrations and we can, we can create or uncreate as we feel like because of these different vibrations. I can, they say that if you focus on something for 40 seconds, it'll materialize out of thin air. 
If you focus on something for 40 seconds, it will materialize. Out of thin air. Okay, but then you really have to focus because, I mean, I can't think that I'll, I'll sit here and think of a pen and it'll materialize out of thin air. I mean. It will. But you've got to, for 40 seconds, you try it. You try it for five seconds to keep your mind completely focused on one thing without anything Mm, else mm, coming into it. And that is one of the things that especially in our Western society, we can't do. We are not trained to silence our minds. I mean, if you look at the way Western people meditate, it's always uh, some mantra or a guided meditation. It's never just boom, quiet. Silence, yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not from the East. I've never mm-hmm. been there, but from what I hear, those people can go plop, and their mind is a blank slate. Absolutely. Now, I've been, I, I mean, I've been on the path for thirty years. I've been doing this work for thirty years, and the highest that I've got to, I'd say, is probably about thirty seconds, and. Th- and what I've done is you blank your mind completely. You just empty it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't empty your mind, your mind can be filled with emptiness all the time. Okay. So you need to empty your mind. And that doesn't mean think of black or think of green or think of nothing. Because if you think of nothing, you're thinking of something. You're thinking of the word nothing. That's right. So there's such a trick to it. And if you, if you, can, if you can actually just blank your mind off, you can fill it with anything. And as you start to fill it with anything, that starts to materialize. It's it's the way it works. And how do you blank your mind off? You just how I do it is I, I first of all I see myself as a mask and nothing behind it, and then I go into that, and that's it. I go through my eyes into it, and there's nothing. It's just a void. Now this conversation is going to something that I find. <laughs> Hugely exciting. So the, the first time I met Vanessa, she showed me this computer program that is attached to, or, or attached to her computer is a probe. And you put the probe on your earlobe and then on the screen you see a hot air balloon. And then Vanessa tells you, make the balloon rise as high as possible as fast as possible and you sit there and you think what the huh (laughs) but then the balloon actually does go up and um i meditate regularly and and i'm quite a technology junkie so i have a gadget that i use to meditate with and the first thing i did was i took a deep breath and vanessa said no 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 don't come with that nonsense now just sit there and look at the screen and then she takes your base measurement And then she tells you how to breathe. And when you do that, I promise you, you're going to think that we're talking nonsense. You can go look it up on the interwebs. What's this program called? God, I can't remember now. No, come on, Vanessa. (laughs) Okay. So what happens once you breathe the way Vanessa tells you to, this hot air balloon goes fast and far. It is astounding. Now, I want you to tell people how to breathe 
properly and and will this help with meditation with clearing your mind yes absolutely breathing does it it definitely there are various ways of breathing there are many many ways of breathing um especially in the indian tradition um the huna tradition has some wonderful breathing methods as well and um with this particular device that i have um it 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 works on it works on um it works on resonance of your of your systems okay and it picks up it picks up your heart rate it picks up your 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 resonance with everything that is working in your body on on all levels and as you breathe you obviously start to relax and as you relax this device will show you just how relaxed you are and just how in sync you are with yourself so that's what that's that's what it is and it's the picture will change in front of your eyes all right and there are other pictures that can will change even more so star fields and all sorts of things that can change as well and it's all to do with your resonance it's all to do with um uh, with being in sync with yourself now the method and and Lisa just reminded me of the method because there's so many methods that I know I couldn't remember it and her method was uh, what I was saying was that so because I am who I am of course I can see what I can see not only can you see what's that you're out of sync for instance on the screen but I can tell you exactly what chakras are out so then I will give you a method a breathing method which will then to start to clear your chakras and as as you start to clear your chakras through the breathing, you can see how your your uh, resonance changes and your chakras start to clear. So it's now quantifiable. We can quantify our our, vib- our vibrations. We can quantify quantify our in syncness, if you like, and. Um, this is what I was doing with Lisa Was I was showing her how in sync she can become Just through this breathing technique And this breathing technique I, I don't know how many people know What the chakras are But you've got a chakra at the top of your head Which is a very powerful chakra And you've got a base chakra And you've got other chakras in between But what I showed her how to do Was to breathe in through her, her crown chakra Which is through her head On the in breath And out through her base chakra and in through her crown and out through her base in a cycle. Now, a lot of breathing is done in a cycle because it's, it's, it's very beneficial to do it that way. And, and she, you could see it on the screen. You could just see how she changed. So. It was, that was really, <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah. Does it measure your, you said we, we, we all vibrate. Yes. Does it yes. measure your frequency that you it vibrate? Measures your, uh, it measures your heart rate, okay. all right? And in your heart rate is a free frequency. And as the frequency starts to balance, starts to calm down, starts to vibrate at a certain rate, you will see it on the screen. Okay, so if we relax, if we... If, if we manage to get our heartbeats down, we are actually raising our vibrations. Exactly, exactly. And you're raising your balance. So you're, you're becoming in balance. You're getting in sync. So if you, if you, if you breathe and you change your heart rate, your heart rate, your heart has the highest energy vibration of any energy system in your body. 
It's even it's the vibrations, the the fields that the heart sends out are higher, and more and stronger than the brain. Really? Yes. Okay. So this is what this picks up. It picks up these. It picks up this this energy that the heart sends out. So it it stands to to it stands to reason that if you if your heart balances, if your heart rate comes down, if it starts going into into resonance, your whole body's in resonance. I mean, you can't have a heart that's in resonance and the rest of your body's out of resonance. Mm, mm, it, mm, it stands to reason. Mm, mm. And what I do is I, sh- I actually give people um, a beautiful mantra to do, which uses the, the, the power of the four graces. Okay, to first, I've never heard of the four graces. What are they? Um, it's The four graces are um, contrition, humility, so contrition and humility, forgiveness, um, um, love and gratitude. So it's, it's, it's four. I know I've said five, but mm. a few of them go together and that's what you use. And those are the basis of any, it's, it's the cornerstones of, of every single, um, system, every single tradition in the universe. And this is what we use. I, I've, I was just, Inspired to do it this way. So instead of the breathing, we do the breathing and we do the four graces together. And you, it's just amazing what starts to happen to people's lives, let alone what happens to the picture on the screen. I'm going to have to come visit you again (laughs) because I have to say, if that, if that balloon can go even higher (laughs) and even faster, or I can see more pretty pictures. I love technology. It's really one of the things that, that make me very excited. Although there is a dark side to it. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you use this technology for in your practice? I, 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 well, it's, it's mainly to show people, um, the power of the four graces, the power of the use of the four graces in your life. Because if people can actually see how it changes their energy, you know, it's all fine and well me saying bloody, bloody, blood works. But if they can actually <laughs> see that it yeah. works, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're, they, you know, th- it makes it so much more powerful for them. And remember, my whole, the, the, my whole reason for being here is to serve. So if I can serve you by showing you how a method that I give you works in your body, mm. how powerful is that? Mm. Mm. You know, mm. and that's what I do. Vanessa, you are also a Louise Hay facilitator now. Louise passed away recently mm. and I thought you know it would just be it felt right to me to just acknowledge her and honor her but I don't know much about her work what 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 was her principle what did Louise Hay stand for Louise she was a, a science of mind practitioner to begin with and she you know she she had this these these experiences that she had and she came up with this um, philosophy of you can you can change your life for the power of your mind okay you can heal your you can heal your life you can heal your life you don't have to have anybody help else helping you to do it and so she works on affirmations and she works on um, changing the way you think about yourself and putting out that energy so that other people think differently of you as well um, it's a very, it's a, it's a very entry level. When I say entry level, I'm talking about it's a very simple way of understanding um, the esoteric field, if you like. It makes a very good entry level for people who are wanting to find out more. 
She she writes beautifully and she writes very simply. She's not a complicated uh, uh, writer, author, mm. and she gives you exercises to do. So it it kind of sets you up. Now she was my. In terms of, of the esoteric, she was actually my uh, metaphysical. She was my um, the, the first person that I started with. But it was way back in the 80s when there was nothing available here. And um, everybody was going overseas for their trainings and that sort of thing. And then later on in the, in the 90s, I think, or the early early 2000s, these workshops came into the country and I went on the workshop and then um, went on the facilitator training. And it was very, very interesting. It really was because we, it's, it's, it's very helpful. It's, it's a way, it's a facilitator training. You can earn, you know, you can make a business from it. And um, it, it appeals to a lot of people who are just starting out and who are needing something, you know, just some understanding of what metaphysics is all about, mm, mm-hmm. you know, and people call it the new age and that, but it's not really, Louise Hay is not really so new agey. She's just very practical and very, very, um, what I love about her, she's totally sincere and her writing is very sincere. And she, she had an enormous, enormous, um, influence on, the, on metaphysics in, in the world, you know. She was the forerunner of everybody else. Mm, mm, so, mm. yeah, I acknowledge her. You know, take my hat off to her, really. And where do you think she is now? Well, hopefully she's not hanging around here. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask you, you know, affirmations, do they really work? I mean, I have said so many times that I am this, I am that, I, I have this, I have that. And I am yet to be that or have that. Uh, is it just because I don't believe enough? What's what's the deal here with affirmations? I've got my own private view on affirmations. Um, I, you know, having having studied Louise Hay like I have, I I can understand how affirmations can work for people, and they do, you know. But I don't understand how you can try and solve an emotional issue. Okay, or you can try and solve something that's in your mind with the mind. So if you have, if something is happening to you and you're thinking something and it's giving you an emotional response, but it's in your mind and you're trying to solve it with your mind, who's the problem in the first place? Mm. There's no ways you can do it. Sounds you a need bit to like solve a it. Doctor treating him or herself. Yeah, trying to operate on. That's him, right. That, yeah. You need to solve it with where what happens. So, in other words, if something, if an anxiety causes you fear. You're not going to solve it because it's in your mind. You can't solve it with your mind. You need to solve it in your heart where the fear is. Mm. And that's, mm. this is this beautiful technique that I use. And that's the only way to do it. And I promise you it really works. You teach workshops. What, what do you tell people in these workshops? Or, or if I should come to one of your workshops, what can I expect? Well, I'm... Um, I'm doing, uh, I run various programs and the programs are about, um, well, there's a psychic development program, which I teach people how to be psychic, how to use their psychic ability because everybody has psychic ability. And by the end of the course, they'll be seeing aura through walls. They'll be speaking face to face with angels. They'll know the difference between ego and intuition and they'll have a wonderful manifestation tool. 
which um, really, you know, changes your life as well. Um, and there, there are other programs as well that deal with past life issues, that also deal with resolving issues from the past, bringing them into the present as a present time experience, and migrating them to future wisdoms. So by the time you finish with that particular course, you'll have a plan for your life and you would have resolved your past issues. There's also soul retrieval in it. So we go and we retrieve you from a place that is creating nightmares in your life, that is creating issues in your life. Um, and all of these courses are completely channeled. I just, I just ask for them and they just arrive and I just give them. Mm. And then I'm running a workshop in October, the end of October, which is all about um, this beautiful technique and it's all about um, um, reality, challenging reality and challenge, challenging the paradigms that we're caught in at the moment. When you say it's all about this beautiful technique, which technique? This is the um, the four graces technique. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. It really is. It's a bu- it's going to be a beautiful workshop, and and we're doing it up in the up in the Michalisburg, So it's a residential. We're going to have drumming. We're going to have sound journeying. We're going to have all sorts of things. What is a sound journey? It's using sound, see vibration again, mm-hmm. it's using sound to create, what I do is to create an altered state, um, which then enables you to get past your mind and into your self, that self that is connected with angels and guides and past lives and all of that sort of thing. One of the things you said while you were telling about these different workshops that really intrigued me is the difference between ego and intuition. What? (laughs) (laughs) Firstly, what is the difference? Well, you can't be spiritually attuned if you don't know the difference between your ego and your intuition Mm. because your ego often masquerades as your intuition. So your intuition is... Is in most people is very small and the ego is very big, so we listen to the one that shouts the, the loudest. The one that makes the most noise. That's yeah. right. So I teach you a method which then shows you exactly what your ego feels like and what your intuition feels like, and then I teach you how to develop your intuition along those lines. So you learn to listen, you learn to the feeling, because the whole basis of anything I teach is about what what does the heart feel like. Because everything that we experience is from the heart. It's not from the head. Mm. But we mm. make it. We, our thoughts and our programs make us feel things. And then we feel it in our bodies. Mm. But it's from our head. But if we go with our heart only, and we just feel those authentic feelings, we are, we're far more um, well um, equipped to, 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 to improve our lives. And to become more psychic We all should be more psychic More connected More intuitive But how do we know That it is our ego speaking And not our true Because it feels intuition. different It feels different And I teach you the feeling Okay Is it something that you can tell me briefly Or is it something it's that so you it's physically a process. have to Yeah it's a whole process But it's, it's Again it's very simple I've channeled it I don't know where I got it But it just came to me And I've channeled it And it really works you know, because people don't know. They, you know, they run their programs to such an extent that they get so confused that they think that it's the only thing there is. But there's a whole part of us that is connected to everything else that is. Mm, everything, mm. all the beauty, all the, all the understanding, all the wisdom that we, we haven't even tapped. So if we are pure light, 
dusted in. What did you say? Dusted, dusted with form. Dusted with form. What is the meaning of this existence? What's the point? We've come here, all of us have come here to serve. That's what we're here to do. And, and if we're not serving, we're not happy. So think about it. As soon as you serve somebody, as soon as you do something for somebody without anything, just authentically just do it, you feel better. But we've been conditioned. Hello. There's that word again, <laughs> conditioning. Yes. But we have the word servant carries with it so many negative connotations. And it's so ego-loaded, yeah. those connotations, because no one wants to be seen as a doormat or as the the servant. We, we look down on servants. Yes, but serve, service and servant are two totally different things. Are they really? They are. Okay. Because if I, if I, for instance... Um, sitting in a in a cafe and somebody walks up to me. It's happened many times. Somebody walks up to me and says, I've heard you talking. Can I sit down and speak to you about something? And I'll say, yes. And the person will, and I immediately can tune into them. I know what's go, what's coming. And they'll say to me, this, this, that, that. And I will just say one thing. I've served them. And it's made a difference for them. Mm, I've mm, served them for mm, that day. Mm. That's not servantness. Well, it's not those negative connotations, no. but I mean, for me, and this is just, the, mm. for me, if you serve, you are a servant. And I have no problem with being a servant, mm. but we have so many people thinking, oh, please not anything, anything yeah, but. It's true. It's true. But, you know, I've, I've never, ever thought about it like that because I can feel how fulfilling it is to serve. Mm. And look, I'm mm. no, I'm really, I'm no paragon of virtue, all right? But that is what I'm here to do. That's what I said. Please not, okay? But it's, I'm, this is what I'm here to do, and that's what I do. Mm. When I sit with somebody, I say, how can I serve you? Mm. What can mm. I do? How can I serve you? Mm. And, and, and when they sit with me, I say to the universe, how can I serve this person? Mm. And mm. I'm given exactly what I need to do. And that is what we're here to do. We're not here to do all of these fancy things. We're just here to serve each other. Mm. And if we did, it would be a better place. Yeah. And when you say we are here to serve each other, would that include the planet? Yes. The animals? <coughs> Absolutely. The plants, because that's something that we are neglecting absolutely. Most of us. I'm not talking about the wonderful eco warriors and greenies mm. who make it their mm. life's mission. I'm talking about us living here in the city, us urban people. You know, you yeah. being an urban absolutely. shaman. Um, so, so serving would also include. It is service. It's a life of service. That's what it is. Mm. And it's not humility. Remember, is one of the cornerstones. It's one of the four graces. Mm. So it's about serving humbly. Mm. You know, that's what it is. Someone said to me that the the meaning or the the, the purpose of life is to experience. Yeah. I think it is, but the purpose of life is to serve, and to, to serve you're getting experience. Mm, mm, you know, mm. you need to, we need to step out of ourselves. That's what we need to do. 
Vanessa, where can people get hold of you? How can they find out more about your workshops and connect with you? And have you served them? <laughs> well, can I give my number over the, over the air? Not. Yeah, it's completely up to you, but I do think you know, it would be more prudent to rather just give an email address or a, you're on uh, Facebook, okay. right? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Vanessa Awaken on Facebook. Okay, but Awaken is spelled A-W-A-K-A-N. And also with a little, with a little yeah, dot. Little, what do you call that thing in the bob? Apostrophe. An so apostrophe. it's A-apostrophe, W-A-K-A-N. And um, you can look on my look on my website. You'll probably find a lot more on there. You'll have my phone number. As well, it's um, Soul Whisperer, S O U L W H I S P E R E R, er, er, all right, <laughs> dot co dot za. Okay, that's 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 the website, and the email is Vanessa at Soul Whisperer dot co dot za. Vanessa Awaken, it's been such a privilege to have you. You have Shemani. We miss you. I'm sure Shemaine would have had loads more questions that would have taken us to even better places. But it was my absolute pr- privilege to have you here. Thank you so much for your time. Palesa, I made it on time, huh? Thanks, girl. Have a good day. From Elizal Tom, take care of yourself. This is CliffCentral.com.